You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Eric Crocker, Brian Peacock, at BD Peacock is where you can find me on Twitter. Get some questions in for later on in the week as we start going camping this week, and it is the long haul has now begun for the 2021 season as teams show up to training camp at Eric underscore Crocker is where you can find my co-host, Eric Crocker. It was a good weekend. It was a good week for both of us, Croc. Uh, I left early before the Fred Warner news broke, and of course that was going to happen as soon as we finished recording podcasts. This big news, this huge contract for Fred Warner. As I go on vacation, I went to the beach on the West Coast. You were at the beach on the East Coast in Florida, so I hope you had a good time with your fam there and and got your feet in the sand a little bit and were able to relax before we start this 2021 football season. Yeah, a little a little relaxing. It was fun, you know, just having the kids around, splashing in the water and everything, but expensive. <laughs> and, you know, family vacations can sometimes make you more exhausted. Like, I feel more exhausted right now, uh, we're recording this Sunday night, than I did before I drove all around California to start the week, to start my vacation. So, um, But in a good way. Like, I, I had fun and I enjoyed myself, so that was nice. I'm ready to get back into the football thing, though, and talk football and get looking into this team here. And Fred Warner, man. 595, the highest paid linebacker in the NFL. We kind of knew it was all coming down. Uh, we knew that's what it was going to be for Warner. He was going to be the highest paid linebacker in the league. We'll see how long it takes for Darius Leonard or another linebacker to pass him up. And I think White it was good. from Tampa. Uh, yeah, exactly. The, there's there's some good young linebackers in the league. Maybe Roquan. I don't know if Roquan will get to that number. But that's what his agent will probably ask for. And that's just the way things go now. And it's probably better, right, that... Fred Warner signs now than putting his body at risk for another season and trying to play the the bigger money free agent game next year with the cap going up a little bit and maybe even under a, a, uh, a franchise tag and then 2023 potentially cashing in big, big, even bigger than he has right now. I think this works out well for both sides because I bet when we start talking about post-free agency 2023, Fred Warner's going to be down the list a little bit, kind of like what we saw with Jimmy Garoppolo when he became the highest-paid quarterback in the league a few years ago and has now been you know, blown away by multiple guys. Yeah, no, I, I think a really good job of getting out ahead of it, not letting it get you know any worse, especially like you talked about, you know, if they would have waited a year, they maybe had to put the franchise tag on them and then come to some type of agreement. We've seen that with other teams like the Cowboys with Dak Prescott where could have just got the deal done, they decided to wait, then that number just blew up and had to make him one of the highest-paid quarterbacks in the league. They got out ahead of it, man, and and, and got this Fred Warner thing done soon. And I, I think there's something to say, like, with what they've done, man. They are taking care of a lot of their own. Now, they did make Trent Williams the highest-paid left tackle. But, again, that's another guy that Kyle Shanahan was comfortable with. I like the way that they're doing it this way as opposed to maybe a free agent guy, making him the highest-paid at a position they're doing it with homegrown guys so i really like that aspect of it for the most part right yeah you don't want to pay some player a premium overpay them for what they did in the past and not get that payoff for what they did for you so even if you know you overpay somebody maybe if fred warner gets hurt or something he doesn't ever end up seeing the end of his contract which can get uh cut down to a three-year deal uh, if if something you know unforeseen happens, I'm sure all sides want that deal to go all the way to the end, though, and I expect that to happen with how reliable Fred Warner has been and how good he's been in his career. 
but you don't want to sign somebody and pay him for what they did for another franchise. At least you know you're paying him for what he did for you, and you got some really cheap years out of Fred Warner with high-level productivity for four years, and uh, he's earned it with your franchise. So that, that feels good, and it's nice to be able to pay your own, and draft and develop is definitely the way to go in this league if you can do that. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, man, they keep they, they made this guy the highest paid. They made that guy the highest paid. I, I'd say one thing is I think that's a good thing, right, like for all the misses that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have had with draft picks. I think they've gotten some good productivity out of especially like some of these mid-range guys, like being able to get a guy like George Kittle, who for several years was on an extremely cheap contract, being a fifth-round pick, and then having to pay him max dollars. All right, cool. And then the great thing is, by the time this whole thing kind of really takes into effect, one, you have a, a rookie quarterback on his contract, so that's good. That benefits you being able to maybe even front load some of the money with George Kittle or you know a Fred Warner, and then the salary cap should be ballooning pretty soon. So you know that's something else that will help the 49ers down the line. Absolutely, yeah, and uh, it's funny because the 49ers have there's only 22 starting positions in the NFL, right? Uh, and then some positions say wide receiver, cornerback, you know, there's multiple safety, there's multiple players at one position that start at any given time. The 49ers have four guys who make the most at their position. And a fifth in Jimmy Garoppolo, who when they signed him, was the highest paid quarterback. So you got fullback in Kyle Juszczyk, you got a quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo that most likely next year is not going to be seeing that money anymore. But when he signed his contract, and it wasn't that long ago, was the highest paid quarterback in the NFL since gotten passed by a lot of dudes. Um, there is, I mentioned Kyle Juszczyk, uh, left tackle Trent Williams. Last offseason, it was George Kittle, and now it is Fred Warner at linebacker. So you're doing pretty good for yourself if you have if, if the money meets the the value of the player and, and all that meets up. You know, if you're not overpaying a guy and you have the best player at four out of the 22 positions in the NFL and on one team, that's a pretty good sign. It's a good sign that you're doing something right with your roster. And financially, it's good because you're fullback, you're tight end, and your uh, middle linebacker don't make a ton of money at those positions. So if you are going to have to pay a guy max money at a position like that and kind of get out ahead of it before some of the other guys have to get paid, I think you're doing a good job with those guys because they don't see a ton of money. George Kittle, I mean, think of all the things that George Kittle does and his contract still in comparison to guys like on a middle of the pack wide receivers, they're they're making the same amount of money as George Kittle, and he does like twice as much. George Kittle is so much more valuable than a ton of wide receivers that are making more money than he is. A t tight end right now is probably the best bargain, bang for your buck bargain position in the league. With what someone like George Kittle especially can do in the run game, in the pass game, how well he can block, the plays he can make. I mean, he's a huge bargain being the highest paid at his position group because that position group has not caught up. Linebacker was kind of like that before, but it shot up recently. The C.J. Mosley deal is the one that I looked at because the top three are way ahead of everybody else, and the Jets had to overpay for C.J. Mosley, I think, to get him there a couple of years ago. Yeah, and and he, yeah, he set a new market by a good margin at $17 million per year. Then, of course, uh, Wagner was over that, and then you know if if Wagner makes eighteen, of course George Kittle has to, or I mean, uh, of course Fred Warner has to make nineteen million. So that's where we're at with Fred Warner, and uh, a big chunk of that is coming in the last two years of his deal. That's when the cap goes up, though, so it should be something that the Forty ers can handle. But they do have an out in the contract too. So 
Um, $95 million, 40.5, I think it is, that's guaranteed. They've pushed some of the guarantees back as well. This year, he's still playing under his normal cap figure, so that number doesn't start to jump for his new contract until, until 2022. But congratulations to Fred Warner. I mean, he, he, he earned every bit of it. It's hard to say that paying a linebacker $19 million a year is a safe bet, but just the person and the player that Fred Warner is, you feel pretty comfortable, right, with that amount of money, even though um, even though it's a lot for a linebacker. And I actually have questions about that for you, too, because uh, there, there are some folks that are smarter than me that are arguing, and I understand it. They're saying, look, linebacker is the running back of the defense value-wise, and this is not a good contract. I think it's Josh Hermsmeyer who um, writes for 538 and crunches numbers. That's what he does. Crunches numbers all day long and, uh, you know, the analytics side of things. And he doesn't like it for the 49ers. He says it's a bad deal to pay any linebacker that much money. Do you think that linebacker is the running back of the defense as far as value and no team should be trying to set markets at that position in the NFL? So t- two things. I have two different answers. Yes, I do feel like it is the running back of the defense, but Fred Warner is a little different in the sense of everything that they ask him to do. He's not a guy that's just an off-ball linebacker and he's like, well, I'm coming downhill. Or, you know, I do some things in coverage. They utilize him as someone that they should be paying a whole lot of money to, right? Like, you know, he is somebody who is a factor in the run game and does a really good job running sideline and sideline. But then they also ask him to play in space against uh, the number three receiver. When we say number three receiver, we're not talking about wide receiver three. We're talking about the number three, the the guy in the three spot. So whether that's Hollywood Brown, whether that's Tyra Lockett, you'll see Fred Warner do things where he has to match up with these guys vertically. And that's something that happens a lot. And they are comfortable having him play on the number three or running back in space, man to man, and do that. And I would say if he wasn't able to do those things, then, yeah, I I could see, you know, if he was a liability in coverage or he's like, oh, well, we have to kind of scheme around him because he can't do these things well. No, he has no issues with any of that. So I think just the the value of him as just a linebacker, I, I get it. But with what they have asked him to do up until this point, we don't know exactly what Domingo Ryan is going to do, but you, they're utilizing him a lot. They're getting their money's worth. Okay, we're going to make you the highest paid linebacker, but you're going to earn it because you're not just a linebacker on our team. You're a linebacker. You're a safety. You're a nickel. You're doing all these things where we're putting you in positions to really make your money and show your value, and I think he does a really good job of that. Yeah, okay, I have more on that point as well, and I want to talk about his appearance on KMBR on the radio, talking about uh, his contract and another player on the 49ers as well that maybe maybe I've been underestimating what D Ford can do for the 49ers. Let's talk about that next. The pandemic affected folks in many different ways. Some people got really into their workout routines. Most people though did not. The 2019 summer bod was looking a lot better than when you're hanging out next to the pool in 2021, right? So uh, one thing that I found that can fit into any diet, if you're trying to uh, fit in a snack, get one that's high in protein, low in sugar, and that is Built Bar. They're the best tasting protein bar on the market, but they are healthy too, which is exactly what I have a feeling you're looking for. And if you're not sure exactly which flavor to try or you haven't tried them all and you just want more flavors... Build yourself a box of Built Bars or maybe find one of their limited edition flavors that can pop up at any time. Many bars have only 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs, even good for a keto diet. 
And best of all, you can save 15% using promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. Just go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. A few more notes here on Fred Warner Crock before we move on. And a point you made there about the, the number three receiver. So for, for those listeners that are unsure what we're talking about, so you count from outside in, right, with receivers on, on one side of the field. So the outside wide receiver, if there's three wide receivers over there, you go one, the middle slot guy would be two, and then the, uh, the inside guy would be three. Um, there is a notion out there that covering the number three receiver is less valuable defensively than covering the outside guy because it's easier because you can use a team of players to do it. And that's one of the arguments, even with a linebacker that's as good as a cover guy as Fred Warner is, that it's still not as valuable to pay a linebacker or a safety in coverage because you can help mask those where you can't really do that with a corner on the outside. Yeah, I, I definitely can see that argument. I mean, you, you'll you have some help. You can bracket things and, and, and stuff like that. But even then, with the way that they utilize him in that and how they ask him to run with guys vertically from the three spot, I, I just think that they put a lot on his shoulders and ask him to do things. It's not like they're trying to hide him or disguise him in coverage and say, hey, this guy absolutely needs help. Okay, you guys just maybe, you know, banjo this or whatnot. Like, they'll leave him in man coverage on the three guy, whether it's a receiver a tight end or a running back. So I think there is the the value there. Yes, you can you can play in certain ways to kind of work your leverage, but even then they put a lot on their shoulders from a coverage uh standpoint. Right. And it's the famous play was it was Hollywood Brown, right? Where he follows him across the middle of the field and Flipped made a play on the ball. On, and man. it's like, dude, that is that's a rare thing for a linebacker to be able to do. That's a four three receiver too. It's not just some little slot guy who's not very fast. Like this is a legit speed dude that he's um, picking up in coverage and flipping his hips and falling across the field, making a play like a DB on the ball. I mean, that play right there really shows you why Fred Warner earned the dollars that he earned. I remember his rookie year and things he was doing in space, like with Odell Beckham and and Saquon Barkley. And I was at that game at the 49ers game, but I remember watching it back on TV, being like, dang. I didn't realize he did that or, you know, just like the way he was hitting and covering his space, limiting yards, even with guys like Odell Beckham. I thought he did a tremendous job, man. And like that's that says a lot about a lot of the ability that he has. He's going to be the standard for what teams are looking for. Mm -hmm. Remember, like guys like um, uh, Roquan Smith. I mean, that's a 5'11", 235. Like he's a smaller dude. Teams are going to start wanting to get the Fred Warners. That's 6'3", 6'4", 235 pounds, fluid mover and can move in space. I, if we, you know, we talked a little bit about Isaiah Simmons when we were talking about the uh, putting together the all NFC West team and how he's utilized. I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, hey, go watch Fred Warner and watch some of the things that he's doing. And that's how we plan on utilizing him. Fred Warner, I believe, will eventually be the standard for how linebackers are going to be asked to cover guys. And even more so because Fred Warner played that uh, that overhang sort of a, a safety hybrid position in college too. And I think that's the other thing that, and we're starting to see in the NFL, we're seeing more dime linebackers and things like that. Teams are going to start scouting safeties and those types of guys and look what they can do and say, okay, I know you're 6'3", 220, but can we get you to 6'3", 230? 
you know, because that's what Fred Warner was going from BYU. And I don't know what he was listed in college, but he was a pretty slim guy. Uh, and, and there was questions. And that's why he was available in the third round. Cause it's like, you know, how big exactly is he? And I wish I had uh, a bio I could find with a uh, reliable. Oh, here we go. Fred Warner profile. From he BYU. wasn't a pure, he, he wasn't a pure linebacker. As they, no, he played like the Minka Fitzpatrick star. The star thing. Role. Yeah, he was overhang. He was way on the side, but he would help sort of contain the run sometimes. He would be coverage, but he was out. He was out like a, like a, he, he was almost as much uh, Tyron Matthew. Look, if you, if you want a, an NFL comparison, right. the way he was used in college, he was as much Tyron Matthew as he was a true middle linebacker. So uh, there was some, so he was listed at 230, I guess, in college. I, I felt like he was slimmer than that coming out. Well, I, he probably was listed at, I mean, that those are numbers, him getting ready for, you know, the combine and pro mm-hmm. day and things like that and getting ready for that position change to more of a pure off-ball linebacker. Because, again, like he was a guy that played in more space at BYU and then kind of had to make that transition. And not just make that transition, but when he got to the 49ers, he immediately next to Ruben Foster was the guy wearing the green dot, was in charge of calling the plays and getting everybody set up. They put that on his shoulders immediately. And that kind of showed a lot of what, maybe what was to come, right? With the leadership abilities and everything that he's become now. I'm looking at some of those contracts with the 49ers. There, there's going to be some tough stuff coming up, even with the cap jumping up. We mentioned how they've got multiple guys who are at the tops of their position groups being paid. The, the Kyle Juszczyk contract is the one that really jumps out to me because his deal is a five-year deal through 2025. And, his cap number is still pretty low. The next two years, 2021 20, and 2022, he's only making about $2.5 million. But it jumps up to 6 the next year, then 7 the last two years of his contract. I, I feel like there's not a very good chance that Kyle Juszczyk sees the end <laughs> of that. When you look at George Kittle's contract, that's going to be you know, $16, $18 million through those same years, 2023. Um when you look at what Trent Williams is going to be making, if he's still around and playing with huge dollars, um, they've got to figure out what to do with Mike McGlinchey and his contract, and his cap number is already going to be pretty big uh, with his fifth year. His current number is $6 million. What is the fifth year? So it's $10.8 million with the fifth year option that they picked up for 2022 with Mike McGlinchey. Nick Bosa as the number two overall pick a couple of years ago, he's already making $9.5 million. That, that's one of the things with having a, a cheap quarterback contract in Trey Lance. He's the number three overall pick, so he's going to be making $10 million soon, even during his rookie uh, contract. And if he goes to that fifth year option, he's not going to be cheap at all. So even with, you know, it's not like you're talking about a fourth round quarterback rookie contract with Trey Lance makes some money and it's going to count against the cap and they have a ton of free agents in 2022 so it's almost a curse of being good and a curse of having a lot of really good players is you got to pay those guys too so there's probably not going to be any big time dollar free agents coming in maybe in 2023 there'll be enough money to do some things but there's still a ton they got to figure out in-house and pay guys like Nick Bosa and pay guys like Mike McGlinchey to go along with the guys that they're already paying uh, top of the market money to and not only that, you know, they're going to be without two first round picks, right? Over the next couple of years, they're going to be cheap, high level so talent. Yeah. You're, you are really going to have to surround your young quarterback, Trey Lance, and get him ready and prepared to really be successful because there's going to be a lot that rides on him being successful now. Now, later down the line, there may be an opportunity for them to restructure some contracts. I think the one thing that is kind of a little bit overlooked, George Kittle is kind of older. You know, he's not this young guy that he looks to be. He's like 28 years old now. 
So you start talking about a year, two years, three years down the line, we're talking about a 30-plus-year-old tight end who has already had some issues with being able to stay healthy. So that can be a little tricky as well. That absolutely could be very tricky with Fred Warner. I mean, with uh, with George Kittle. I keep getting the two of them mixed up because the, the two off-seasons with the big contracts there, and I keep comparing the two. But yeah, George Kittle, he's not the youngest guy. He's not old yet. He's not somebody they have to worry about um, declining. I think he's still ascending in his career. But um, with the injury history, could that age start to look a lot older in his early 30s because of the injuries he's had more so than if he you know had skated through like Fred Warner has knock on wood Fred Warner has started since his rookie season week one he started 16 games every year his entire career and I think that's a big part of it for the 49ers is reliability and having somebody who is uh, been able to stay on the field even through the disastrous injuries we saw last year Fred Warner was out there every week yeah. D Ford D Ford let's get into the D Ford stuff Edge rushers next. Uh, 149er that is not going to be around either that was cut this week in Deshaun Hall. I'd like to take a moment here to tell you about Bet Online, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. And then when I say all your sports, everything Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, playoffs, super fun, even more fun when you've got a little bit of extra action on those games UFC, MMA, celebrity boxing golf, everything you could imagine betting on, they've got available. They've got lines on it at Bet Online. You've got some futures bets when it comes to NFL teams. Over-under win totals on your favorite team. Rookie of the year, MVP, and Super Bowl champion. So uh, before you do anything else, head over to Bet Online. Your laptop, mobile device, your desktop computer. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game Get your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit using promo code Locked On. That's promo code Locked On at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Croc, one thing that happened, I don't have the audio, I don't have the transcript word for word with what Fred Warner talked about, but he was on the local radio in San Francisco talking about uh, his new contract. And one of the nuggets he dropped and got people pretty excited was that he said D Ford's looking like he's ready to go. And the 49ers Sunday cut Deshaun Hall, and that's not super surprising. He wasn't a player that we projected the 53-man roster. We went at our, our roster projections last week. But with Jordan Willis starting the year suspended, Nick Bosa, Abukam, and, and Armstead, obviously. And, and then Arden Key is like the only bubble guy left now in camp that's a pure edge-type player. And then the 49ers are chock full of interior guys. Looking at D Ford and and seeing how the 49ers have treated him and hearing the comments from Fred Warner about D Ford and how he's looked, the fact that they're cutting guys at, at that position and they didn't really try hard in the draft or anybody anything to replace him. They did bring in Abukam as a you know sort of a mid level free agent. Do you think we're not giving Ford enough credit for what he could contribute to the 49ers this year? Because I had put the over-under with one snap for for D Ford to play this year. I, I, I've not been, and I would still say pump the brakes, fans, if you're expecting a lot out of D Ford. I, I, would, I would say be pleasantly surprised by whatever you get, but maybe I'm too low on what Ford's health status is for this 2021 season. Yeah, I, I mean, I expected him to play. And it's because just... When you look at the way that his whole situation is kind of 
constructed. I was like, man, it just seemed like they were going to give him every opportunity to play. And then you hear Kyle Shanahan say he's been around the facility, getting ready. It just didn't sound like someone who was tanked it and was just like, you know what, my career is done. So I expect him to play. I thought he'd be on the field. I, I, you know, we talked about him, you know, would he play right away? Would he be a guy that maybe starts on the pup list? I could see that. But at the end of the day, I expected him to play this year because I haven't heard anything that gives me the indication that he wouldn't be playing. Everything has pointed to he's someone that they want to get ready for the season. The only thing that kind of gave me a little bit of pause was the Ebicam signing because it seemed like they're kind of a similar role. But and aside from that, I don't know if he was just more insurance in case D4 couldn't play, but it sounds like he's been there getting ready the whole time. And that was one of the guys that Kyle Shanahan pointed to like, hey, you know, we've had everybody here getting ready at one time then or at one point or another, except for I think uh, Nick Bosa, who had trained away from the facility with his brother. Yeah, Bosa training in Florida. Did you see Bosa at the beach by any chance? <laughs> no, I did not. Get one last beach session in before he shows up to training camp. Uh, yeah, and the Bosa thing, yeah, from all the videos and all the reports I've seen, it looks like he's going to come back strong, and I don't doubt that he is. But, you know, second ACL, he's had a pretty severe injury history himself throughout his football career. So you hope that doesn't bite him again this year. And Bosa does come back strong because he's such a massive key for the 49ers defense. But, man, if Bosa does come back and he's still Bosa and Eric Armstead is doing his thing as an, uh, you know, an, an edge guy who can bump inside and rush the passer from there and D Ford's coming in on third downs and you got Abucom coming in on third downs, that paints a lot rosier picture than if Bosa's banged up and Ford can't play at all. You know, that that's just such a, a stark difference for what the defensive line could be in two different scenarios there. And I don't know what to expect, what scenario to expect, but uh, it could go really well and it could be a scary thing for the 49ers defense if they don't have that edge pass rush this year. Yeah, if you have both of those guys and it sounds like that's what they're banking on. I think 49ers pass rush is going to be all right. And D'Amico Ryan's going to have a lot of fun. I think that makes his transition a lot easier. Remember back when Robert Sala first got to the 49ers, the biggest issue that he kind of dealt with was, one, obviously they were rebuilding and trying to rebuild a defense that was like historically bad for the 49ers. But two, they had no playmakers, had no guys off the edge, had nobody that's forcing any turnovers or anything like that. So once he got them, then everybody's like, well, he's automatically like, man, he's good now. Like, But he needed – these type of pieces to be good. Well, I, I thought the year before that you could see the defense heading in the right direction. Statistically, they were a top 10 defense still or around 12. And then you get Nick Bosa, D Ford, and then you go all the way to number one. Now, if you are Jimmy Go Ryan, I'm pretty sure you're hoping that you can have a healthy D Ford and Nick Bosa or whatever you get from D Ford, because now he starts off ahead, right? Being able to have those guys in the house and then whatever you get from anyone else, um, you'll be fine, but I think having D Ford and Nick Bosa just makes your entire defense better. And we'll see if there's more blitzing. There's been this quote-unquote aggressiveness that is uh, to be expected from the new 49ers defensive coordinator. But remember back originally when Robert Sala was hired, fans were like, well, who's that guy? And there there wasn't a lot of trust in him. And yeah, like you mentioned, that roster was gutted. It was Armstead and, and DeForest Buckner, and that's about it. I think Armstead was still banged up in 2017 as well. So it was pretty much Buckner and that's it. And they had no edge pressure and people were like wanting to fire Robert Sala. And a couple of years later, yeah. it was like, oh gosh, this guy's the best defense coordinator in the NFL. We love this guy. And now he's a head coach. So 
Uh, it's pretty amazing. You do need some bullets. Like you can't just go out coach people when you got nothing. And and I think that's what we've seen with the 49ers. I think they've got well coached and had some talent in 2019. Yep. And hopefully, you know, some of those guys that may plays in it kind of carries over for D'Amico Ryan. I think this is an ideal situation for D'Amico. And one thing that is probably kind of overlooked is this is a guy who has been with this 49ers regime since he started his coaching career. He's been with the 49ers since they started, 2017. So, you know, yes, he's a first-year coordinator, but I bet a lot of the issues or ups and downs that maybe even the Robert Sala had, D'Amico Ryan, he's been there for everything, for all of it. He's been in those meetings. He's had those conversations with him. What Sala could have done better or worse, the learning curves that Sala went through, D'Amico Ryan has been there hand-in-hand, especially being a guy that Robert Sala is someone that coached linebackers. And then you have D'Amico Ryan coach linebacker. So I, I, I'd assume that this transition, as long as he has the guys, won't be as difficult as maybe some people think just because he's a first-year uh, coordinator. He's been there every step of the way. You know what? Speaking of pass rushers, did you see this little nugget from today from uh, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler? All-pro pass rusher Chandler Jones requested a trade from the Arizona Cardinals this offseason, per sources. Jones has been unhappy with his contract and future with the team. Cardinals don't want to trade him and expect him to report to camp, but certainly a situation to watch. Uh, that's a that's something that I had yeah. no idea about, and that's very interesting. I don't know if that's just posturing from Chandler Jones' agent trying to get a little new deal before camp or something like that, but um, that would be a huge, I mean, that would be a huge blow to the Cardinals' defense if they didn't have Chandler Jones off the edge. Yeah, trade him. And I saw some 49er fans like, Oh, yeah. Could you imagine him next to Bosa? Like, hold on. Cardinals are not trading him to the 49ers. Yeah, and also we just talked about how much money everybody's making. Chandler Jones making pretty penny himself. So, yeah, that's going to be— And wants to make more money. Yeah, that's not going to be one that they can fit under the cap, even if the Cardinals were dumb enough to send him to San Francisco, which they are not. Nah, that that would be foolish because he'd make little uh, Kyler Murray pay. Him and Nick Bosa, come on now. Cardinals aren't stupid. There's some intrigue in the NFC, too, and that would really help the 49ers if someone like Chandler Jones got traded to the AFC. Uh, there's the Rodgers, and now Devontae Adams sounds like he's like, well, hold up. If Rodgers is going to go, maybe I'm going to go, too. That sounds like a, a bad situation brewing over there in Green Bay. Yeah, it's bubbling over, and hopefully they blow that whole thing up because, I mean, it's, it's a pain having Aaron Rodgers just in the NFC because, you know, at some point in the playoffs, you're going to have to face him. Now, 49ers have kicked his butt in the playoffs, but mm-hmm. it could be that one game where he just takes over and then just knocks you down. So I, I'd rather him. He's another guy. I'd much rather have Jordan Love, especially what is it, week three, 49ers and Packers play? Please, Jordan Love start and not Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, early career Jordan Love would be a lot better than facing Aaron Rodgers, especially if that pisses off Devontae Adams and he's gone too or holding out or whatever else could happen there. That's uh, definitely a situation to monitor let's make this nfc path a little bit easier for the 49ers and young trey lance of the future i can't wait are you are you excited for everybody to show up on tuesday and then start practicing and uh the play-by-play of lance versus garoppolo and the stat keeping that's going to go along with those practices i mean every single rep for those two guys is going to be under a huge microscope not just a local story this is going to be a natural national story and uh, it's going to be a wild training camp. So buckle up, folks. It's going to be exciting. Uh, and we'll have it covered for you every step of the way, right, Croc? I can tell you're pumped. I can see by your body language. You like you like, you like like sat forward a little bit like when I started talking about that. You're like, <laughs> you want to go out there and hit somebody yourself. Yeah, man, I'm ready. I'm just upset that I'm not in California for training camp this year. 
Oh yeah, I, that would be fun to go watch training camp with Croc. Unfortunately, yeah, I mean, because I, you know, I, I talk about everything that I'm seeing, and I'm looking for someone to talk to. Like, man, did you see that? And I, I go up to Barrows and Milko all the time, and I'm like, hey, man, like, you know, wait, what are you looking at right there? Like, what you see? That's what I like to do. Mm-hmm. I ask everyone, what, like, what are you looking at? Like, what are you looking for? I, I ask coaches. I there will be coaches right there. I have no idea who the coach is, and I'd ask them, like, <laughs> what do you like? What are you looking for? And be like, oh well, you know, I do this, and I'm charting, you know. Like how many guys, you know, I, I, I scouted him. So, you know, I have to chart what he does well and not. And yeah, I'm not afraid to ask anyone like, man, what are you looking What are you looking for? Because I'm always looking at specific things as well. Detective Crocky, journalist Crocky. Croc wears a lot of hats. He likes to wear them backwards. Uh, we've got you covered, though, every day through training camp. All of those nuggets is going to be coming down. All of the reps, all of the video that we can break down ourselves, whatever we can see in person if we get a chance to go. Um, I, uh, this COVID thing's really messing things up for going and, and, and seeing this. And I, I'm worried that they're going to shut things down a little bit more in training camp and try to get things skated through to the regular season. So they can have more fans in the seats, even if they're have to, even if they have to be masked up and it seems like things are going in the, the wrong direction when it comes to COVID right now, but still a ton of optimism when it comes to this 49ers team, Croc and I will have you covered every step of the way right here. Locked on 49ers.